Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here, and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we speak with fabulous Bree Williams. Bree is a guest on the show that brings some unique perspectives on business. She is the Managing Director of People Patterns, also known under the title of Behavioural Specialist, and is also the host of the wonderful video series, Talking Talks. And in this episode of the Deal Room podcast, we talk about how to negotiate difficult situations with difficult personalities, using behavioural science to ultimately get the deal done. Bree kicks it off by introducing us to why behavioural science can be used in this context and shares tips on the ways to deal with different types of people in the deal room. We discuss disc profiles, how to recognize emotion in a deal, and how to move the deal forward without getting too captured in emotion that might hold us back. So for a bit of a different take on the deal room podcast, here we go with our discussion with Bree. Bree Williams, I just wanted to say an absolute thank you for coming on to the podcast today. I've been really looking forward to this, Joanna. Let's get stuck in. Let's get stuck in. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, the topic that we're covering today, how to negotiate with um, – uh, I, I don't even know if I can on a podcast. You call it how to negotiate with dickheads, and I, I think that it will really resonate with our audience, absolutely, because in this area of business sale and acquisition, um, there can be – um, a predominance of different or difficult personality styles. Um, and of course, um, our job in a deal, just like business brokers job in a deal is to find the way that we can get the deal done. So to negotiate often with these difficult personalities or different personalities. Um, and, and, uh, you know, ultimately get the deal done at the end of the day. So maybe, Brie, if we can start off by you giving a quick background of the perspective that you come at this from using behavioural science. What is behavioural science? Why will we be talking about it in this context? Thank you, Joanna. Yes, uh, behavioural science, what is it? Well, people sometimes unkindly say it's BS, but (laughs) that's only the, um, the chance of the acronym. But behavioural science, it really is the study of how and why people make decisions and how we can influence the decisions they make. So in this sort of situation, it's very much about how do we apply science to these people that we just might not be gelling with? It's not that they're difficult necessarily, but their behaviour seems to be. Brilliant. Okay, wonderful. And look, you know, the, the way this can turn up in deals is, you know, it might be one of the parties, the buyer or the seller digging in, but it also might be their advisors digging in, which can also be you know, it can be difficult, a difficult space to navigate. So what are the tips that you have in negotiating with difficult personality styles? I tend to use what is known as the DISC profile. So the DISC profile uh, categorizes four people in four ways. So there's the dominant types, there's the um, influencing types, 
steady types and conscientious types. Now, why do we like to type people? It's really so that we can start to shift from the focus we have on ourselves, which is just getting upset that that person isn't understanding us. And it helps to shift our empathy into, hang on, this person is seeing the world in a way that is different to perhaps how I see it, with the challenge then to say, well, I need to change the way I am expressing myself or conducting myself so that my message lands in an appropriate way. So firstly, with the dominant types, they're the ones that will tend to um, give you short shrift. I, I name all of these categories after birds. So I think of dominant types as bald eagles. You know, they've They've got some attitude. They, they like short and sharp sort of statements. If you if you ever say to a, um, a dominant type or a bald eagle, "Oh, let me take you through the detail," that will horrify them. They will cut you at the knees. So instead, what we want to do is play up to things that they've already said because they tend to there tends to be a preponderance of these dominant types in leadership positions. So. No doubt you will come across them at some point. But things like using statements like, as you said, dot, 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 is going to be helpful because they then hear their own words back at them and they're going to be more likely to agree with your course of suggested action. Now, influencing types, I call them parrots, right? So parrots are very gregarious. They're colourful. They like to be the centre of attention, very chatty. The challenge with influencing types is that they might be all talk, no action. And so they might, in the room, be promising you everything and talking a great story, but they don't follow through. So the chan- the opportunity there for you is to play on their desire for perception management, so making them look good. So how can they, for instance, be seen as the hero of this project? And you also, through this exercise, want to clarify who they are going to, for instance, delegate to the details so that you have someone that's going to end up carrying the can, carrying the baggage of this, um, of whatever you're putting forward. So they're the two, that's dominant and influencing. So the bald eagle and the parrot, they tend to be more, um, I would say, movers and shakers in the business. We also have two other types. So the steady types Think of these as like a dove, a more gentle bird, but also one that, you know, doesn't want a whole lot of attention. Doves notoriously pair off. So doves are very much, very much about the team and harmony. Think of the the harmony of the doves. And so they will want to nullify any risk. They don't want to have any sort of exposure. So when you're talking with someone who you think is going to be um, a steady type, It's really about wanting the detail. Take them through the plan, take them through slowly, slow and steady for the steady types so that you take them on board with this. And the final type, conscientious types, well, these are owls. So they like to be intellectual, they like to sit within with wisdom and they don't tend to respond to idiots particularly well. (laughs) So You've got to be careful. Try not to be one. Is that the idea? <laughs> or appear to be one. Exactly right. You've got to, uh, if you are an idiot, pretend not to be for sure. But 
with both um, with both the doves and the owls or the steady and the conscientious types, it's really good to give them time. Do not put them on the spot. Do not expect a decision in the moment. You want to really solicit their views. Things like I'd value your thoughts on this will go a long way to getting conscientious types on your side. And once you have them won over, of course, they are going to be a strong advocate for you. So when it comes to these difficult situations or difficult people, an awareness of the type of personality you're dealing with will help you then navigate how you're best to approach them. Do you know, I, I just love that. I mean, we we had a bit of a discussion in the past about this and I'm, I'm big into disprofiling as well. I have never heard the connection of it to birds however and this is this will stay in my head <laughs> forever I love it the bald eagle the parrot the dove the owls okay all right great and just I, I just want to reiterate here because people often you know um walking along the beach half your luck if you're doing that while you're listening to this or on their commute into work or home or whatever people are usually doing other things while they're listening to us on the podcast so I, I just want to reiterate each of these areas when you, you said for the dominant personality so that's our bald eagles um a great way to deal with their, that them um, in discussions is to to feed back the components of uh, what you want to rely on that they talked about to remind them that that's that's what they said. So you said blah blah and work on it from that. It, it, that's right. That's the approach with the dominance. Yeah, not in, not in an accusatory way. So it's not like oh you said this. Instead, we want to play on their ego and say as you said. Dot, dot, dot. So playing on, as in, I've heard you because you you are a leader and I am listening to you intently. So playing on their ego because otherwise they tend to be pretty dismissive of people that um, are long-winded or people that are trying to, you know, dance a fancy tune. They want to keep it short and sharp but also it really helps to echo what they've said. So it's like they, they want to cut to the chase. And so if you can short circuit things by saying, as you said, or um, in line with your ideas, then you're going to go a long way for that. Brilliant. Okay, wonderful. And uh, just as we go through it as well, just one thing I wanted to add as well is that you're unlikely to have someone who's only, I mean, you won't have someone who is only one of these personality styles. So there'll be a mix of them, but with one dominant uh, although we've used dominant already, but one dominant, predominant um, personality style out of all of these. But I, but I guess the one thing to bear in mind, so so we talked about the dominance, you know, you need to play to their eagle, go ch- cut to the chase, maybe not spend too much time in the lead up with useless detail. But if they have a bit of C, that conscientiousness, that owl in there as well, where they might like a little bit, uh, you know, they might like a bit of facts. I guess you have to read into that as well and work out, you know, maybe you're dealing with someone who's who's got elements as well uh, for, you to, for you to think about. I guess that was just the one thing um, that, that, you know, Human beings are complex, aren't they? Yeah, the big flaw of any sort of personality profiling tool is an assumption that that's all there is with people. So I would really just say see this as a um, a hypothesis generation or device or something like that, where you're saying, oh, that's they're interesting. They they might be a different 
um, psychological makeup to me. I wonder what's going on there. And it really just helps you inquire. And it doesn't mean that you're going to um, necessarily build your case solely around the assumptions that you're making, whether they're an eagle or an owl, for instance. But it means that you then have thought through whatever you're proposing from different perspectives so that you can pivot in the room, you can pivot on the phone call, whatever you like to do. But we sort of jumped into the conversation without what I normally talk about, which is there are more similarities and differences in people. So we are wired, most of us, to be, and we'll talk about this on a different podcast, but lazy, scared and confused is the model that I have developed. And so those are the three things that run through any sort of negotiation that we have with with someone this is sort of the flourish. This is the nuance. This is how am I going to maximize my opportunity with this particular stakeholder or make sure that I've covered all my bases with this? If I'm, because for instance, personally, I'm a conscientious type, I'm an owl. So I tend to want the detail and the plan and all that sort of thing. If I go into a dominant type and try and go, take them through the logics, logical steps, they might cut me off. And it's like, no, you're giving me too much. For this decision. So I it's my responsibility as the person tabling this. It's not their responsibility to change. It's my responsibility to change how I'm approaching the situation. Yeah, brilliant. And and, and I guess you know, implicit in all of what you have said, or explicit in all of what you said, is that you're not using the same style for everyone. You know, you, you're really reading your audience and adapting your communication style based on your audience. And and that's it's also upon the needs of your audience in relation to how they're taking in information. I guess that's the the other element of of what you're talking about here. But just to um, continue with our just re-summary, so we talked about our dominance or our bald eagles. We uh, talked about our influences, our parrots, and here, really good tip, um, find a way to help make them the hero of the situation, but make sure you're also finding out who you need to send all of the detail to to get action to actually happen <laughs> after the discussion with, with our parrots. Um, parrots love big picture and they love um, they love to find out what other people are doing. So you can say, oh, this is what other, you know, other businesses are doing so that then they can sort of run with it as well. But, yeah, don't expect people who are parrots to see every task through you'll probably need a team around them <laughs> yeah okay perfect okay very good tip there good tip if you're identifying some parrot tendencies um okay in in your uh you, you know your parties you're negotiating with okay and so next we moved on to steady or our dove our dove our dove sounds very calm and harmonious um and graceful so um, here we are giving the detail in this instance to our doves uh, because our doves want the detail. But also, I guess for our doves, um, they may not want to sit front and centre in the negotiation table if they're feeling exposed. So maybe it's about thinking about ways um, to protect or, or work around the fact that they may not want to come to a negotiation table, not because they don't want to negotiate, but perhaps because they're, it just doesn't fit their personality style. They don't like, you know, the exposure um, that, that 
that it creates. That's right. You'll probably find the dominant and the influencing or the um, the bald eagles and the, the parrots are keener to get in the cut and thrust of a negotiation. But behind the scenes, it's going to be conscientious and steady types that tend to look after the detail, not in a dull way either, I should say, because they can kill a deal if you're not giving them what they need. So they have, they can wield a lot of power. Now the, the doves think of harmony. So when you're talking with them, it's going to be about nullifying risk and particularly nullifying risk to team harmony. So they're going to be most interested in what is this going to do to the people around me? So they're going to have that sort of focus. And so when you're talking with them, it's about making sure that um, you've thought about those issues and can work with them through those issues. Brilliant. Okay, wonderful. And, and very lastly here, talking about our owl, give them time um, and and respect the fact that they like the detail. I guess that's, that's sort of where we're rounding out our personality styles here. They like the detail and they like that their thinking is incorporated. So making sure that they have an opportunity to share with you their insights which you've given me today, Joanna, so I really appreciate it as, you know, as an owl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. The personal approach. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and look, just one thing before we leave, um, which sort of touches on another discussion that we've had about emotion in a deal because, you know, as you said, we're talking here about um, the discussion between the distinction between personality types and, and perhaps how this can contribute to um, you being an effective communicator with different personality types. But uh, the other things that can be at play are emotion. I, um, I, I really feel that emotion has a large role um, in potentially creating issues along the way with deals and, and certainly causing confusion um, and, and interrupt to a communication within a deal. So just very quickly, maybe if you can talk about your thoughts ab about the elements of emotion and whether behavioural science has any insights into how we deal with emotion um, and how we help people resolve, well, rather than resolve emotion, move the deal forward without getting too captured in um, in emotion that can hold us back. I think that's so central because something strange happens and we think because we're in a business context, people have put their business um, pants on, their, their big girl pants on, their big boy pants on, and they're immune to emotion. When in actual fact, you're you're dealing with a human and humans are not um, are not robots, right? So not robots, not robots. And so, whilst people might talk a big game about I'm a data driven or fact driven decision maker, my perspective is that it's not the data. Data is currency. In other words, the data is giving them a level of comfort, for instance, or it's helping them feel that they've they've um, done their due diligence. So it might not be the data itself that is driving the decision that they ultimately take. It's the data, the feeling the data gives them. So that's one thing. Da think of data as a currency rather than an objective lever that you can pull. If I only give them the right data, of course they're going to act on what we're suggesting. Well, no. The second main point I will make, and yes, it's a very big conversation you've just opened up, is hot state and cold state. In other words, 
The behavioural science tells us that some days we are in a hot state, so we might be um, fatigued or we might be emotional or, um, yeah, we're we're aroused in a particular way, however you want to take that word. Um, So hot state arousal versus cold state, that's when we are probably removed from the heat of the conversation or the heat of the deal and we that's often when we do our planning and think, oh, well, if they say this, I'm going to say that. And then you get in the room and it's an entirely different scenario. So just knowing that you have these two states that you flip between, just because you're in a cold state doesn't mean you'll be in a cold state in the room. So one of the examples I often think about is if, for instance, you're you might be encouraged to cut some corners if you're just trying to get a project done. You'll think, oh, we'll get the sign off later. You know, I just need to get it done right now. Imagine yourself in a courtroom. This is right up your alley, Joanna. Imagine yourself in the witness box trying to explain your behavior in that moment because in the hot state moment, you're going to be willing to, you know, cut corners and get it done because you've got pressure and you just have to do it. Imagine yourself, though, in a cold state in a witness box reflecting on that experience and you would have made very different decisions. So in order to douse some cold water on your hot state, it helps to time travel and put yourself in a different situation and think, how would I in six months look back at this? And that will be enough to, um, you know, take the sting out of it, take the emotion out of it and help you control the decision that you're trying to make. That's, you know, it's a really good point there because for our buyers and sellers who are listening, I, I think when when they're in situations um, and emotion has crept up, whether you realise it or not, but when, when you're in that period of time where you have to make decisions, if you're finding the dif- decisions hard or you feel like you're butting up against a wall, I think that's a great question. How will I look at this? when I'm looking back at six months? And what will I think about these decisions when I'm looking back at in six months' time? And I guess perhaps the whole point of that is about, um, you know, removing yourself from where you are now and putting yourself, trying to distance yourself from that emotion, of course, which is such a, you know, it's such a, uh, as I said, o- overlooked area. I-, I think when people are going through, from a buyer's perspective, they can be one of two things. They can be really excited and don't care about the detail and that makes them um, not take enough caution along the way, or they can be overly cautious and and too caught up on the detail, too scared to make a decision. And the same with our sellers. You know, they, they can be harbouring this emotion of, um, of not realising that they haven't really come to terms with the fact that this is going to be a big change for them, for, for their life, for, for many of our business owners who own their businesses for decades. You know, it's a, it's a big change. But when they get belligerent um, and or scared or suddenly concerned about the warranties that they're signing that might be quite normal in the situation, you know, once again, recognising that that's emotion, perhaps in their sense, if they can think of themselves sitting on a beach off in Hawaii, the Bahamas, or, you know, I don't know, somewhere fabulous, sipping a cocktail, thinking back on that decision, you know, maybe it'll make it a lot easier for them to make those some of those tough decisions along the way. You, you just reminded me of a principle called the endowment effect. And it really, it means that the things that we own, the things that we've put um, time, effort, ego into, we're more loath to 
give up or to sell for perhaps a market price. And we see this all the time in real estate. So we try and sell our houses more <laughs> for more than the market wants or our cars. So we think our car is amazing and, you know, why wouldn't people want to pay X amount of dollars and the market tells us something else. So the endowment effect really is about um, the psychological hold these these things have over us. And when we're a business owner trying to sell our business, it always helps to have someone external to us, a, a trusted third party, whether it's a broker or whether it's your lawyer or, or you know, a, a trusted colleague, really um, give you a sense check about really this is what the market is because we always overestimate what we have to sell because, you know, we love it or we know it. Whereas our buyer is looking at risk. They're looking, it's all unknown for them. And so we're coming at it from different uh, perspectives. i tell you what, um, I could just talk um, all day about this topic, Bree, um, but we should let you go. And I, look, I just want to say a huge thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, such a different perspective than um, the perspective we normally take here and just so interesting, so interesting to come at it from this different perspective. Bree, how can our listeners get in contact with you and, and what are the sorts of things that um, services that you can provide for our listeners that might be useful for them who are dealing day in day out with different personalities and difficult situations thank you joanna yes it it's sort of an untapped opportunity for anyone in business at the moment because we we have been successful to a point with what we know about human behavior. If you overlay that with behavioral science and just refine what you're doing, you will just see such an improvement in your effectiveness. It's um, very exciting and that's what I love working with clients on. Um, if people are interested in an online course, in my Influencing Action course, for instance, that really teaches people about the, the eagle, the parrot, and all of the different strategies, as well as the lazy, scared, and overwhelmed model I was talking about. Find that on briewilliams.com. I'm also available for coaching, consulting, keynotes, whatever you happen to do. I love talking about it, and uh, I hope to share it with as many people as possible. Absolutely fabulous. And of course, we will link through to all of that in our show notes. So you won't missing it if you're running along on the beach right now. Um, Brie, I just want to say a huge thank you for coming on to the Deal Room podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Love dealing with you, Joanna. I love it. That's too good. <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode of the Deal Room Podcast with behavioural specialist and managing director of People Patterns, Bree Williams. We hope you're primed for your next deal with these pointers and enjoy these fascinating insights on using behavioural science in the deal room and beyond. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic, then head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com. Com, where you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode, as well as any contact details and any additional information we refer to. And if you'd like to get in contact with Bree Williams, her details, including a link to her show, Talking Talks and Consulting Business People Patterns, are in our show notes. You can also book in directly with our legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you'd like to soundboard your next steps or find out more about how we can assist 
from a legal perspective, whether in buying or selling a business or perhaps somewhere in between. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Deal Room podcast on your favorite podcast player to get notifications whenever a new episode is out. Well, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. I am so very excited to announce that I've hit a non-podcast-related milestone and released a book. You might wonder why? Simple. I wanted to help business owners understand the mechanics of deal-making and the interaction between three critical phases of business, acquisition, growth, and exit. And so I am very happy to announce Buy, Grow, Exit, a guidebook for business owners and their advisors on how to buy, grow, and guess what, exit in a way that maximizes value and avoids landmines along the way. The book is available now, so just head over to buygrowexit.com.au to get your copy and to access a whole heap of free resources that will really help you on your journey of acquisition, growth, and exit in your business or in working with your clients. Also check out our show notes where we will link straight through to that page. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen. that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 